Greetings this morning in Jesus' precious name. What a joy it is to be here today. Worship the Lord together. <clears throat> Been blessed so far being here and hearing the Word of God preached and expounded on. Take my life and let it be. I trust that's the prayer of our hearts. That's the desire of my heart that God would take my life, that it would be a vessel that He can use to further His kingdom. <clears throat> Why don't we start with a word of prayer? Let's bow our heads. Dear Father in heaven, we come before you this morning in Jesus' precious name. We thank you, God, for the opportunity we have to be here again today and to, uh, to hear your word preached, Father, to study your word and to be encouraged, to be strengthened, Father, to be edified. And I pray that each one of us here would be able to open our hearts, Father, that we could receive something that would make a difference in our, in our life this coming week, Father, in the coming months. God, that we would draw nigh to you and that you would draw nigh to us. Father, would you cleanse us from from uh, the cares of this life, Father, the uh, deceitfulness of riches and all those things that want to draw us away from you. Father, I pray that you would um, drive the devil back, Father, that he would not have any way here this morning in our lives. Father, I pray that we could, um, we could tune our hearts into you, Father, that you would speak to us. I pray for your spirit to be here moving and working in our hearts, Father. <clears throat> God, we just thank you that you are here today. Father, we thank you that you love each one of us, you care about us, you know exactly where each one of us is at this morning, what we're facing and what we're going through. Father, we, we know that you have a plan and a purpose for each one of us here today. And Father, I pray that your, your plan and your purpose would be, would be uh, manifested here in this church body, Father, that we, could, that we could be a light here in this community, Father, that people would see Christ in us and Father, we need, your, we need your direction, we need your wisdom, Father, to know how to walk and how to live in this, in this evil world, Father. <clears throat> I just pray that you would continue to guide and direct us. We thank you for what we've heard already this morning. Father, I pray that it would uh, take root in our hearts and that it, would, that it would grow, Father. And also think, too, of the ones that cannot be here today. Would you bless each one, wherever they are, wherever they are worshiping you, Father, I pray that you would meet their needs and... We do think to pray for the many people that um, are under persecution, Father. God, I pray that you would meet their needs. Would you be real to them, Father, here today, and that they would also uh, receive a blessing from you, that they would be encouraged to, uh, to continue to fight the good fight of faith, Father. And I just uh, commit this service to you now. I commit this message to you, Father. I feel somewhat scattered, but God, I know that you, you, uh, you have the answers, Father, for our needs, Father. I pray that you would speak through me, help me to stand out of the way. Give me the words to say, Father, that, that your word would, um, would fall on fertile ground, God, and that we could all be encouraged to, uh, to seek you, Father, with our whole hearts, that we would not hold anything back, Father, but that we would be excited about serving you and we would know that you are God here this morning as we open up your word. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I did appreciate the uh, opening message there on seeking those things which are above. 
I trust that's each one of our hearts, that we would seek after those things that will count for eternity. This world has a way of rubbing off on us and also has a way of dulling our mind to the things of Christ. Um, as Daryl said, probably a lot of us may forget what he shared this morning. I was just thinking of that the other day. We uh, are getting together for, had our first YBC meeting, and um, I was thinking back over the 10 or 12 years I went to Bible school, and all the messages I heard, there was a lot of messages, and just trying to remember, you know, what can I, what, what did I hear, you know, can I remember what I heard? What did it do in my life? And I mean, I, I know it did make a difference, but even just trying to remember, it's, you know, you, you just, you can't remember. Um, but I know, I know going to Bible schools did make a difference in my life, but I guess, you know, just thinking of that today, you know, maybe we can try to, try to remember one thing, at least take one thing home and not try to take everything, but <clears throat> pray that God would, uh, at least give us one thing here today to make a difference in our lives. This morning I want to talk on, the title is, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. That's taken out of Isaiah 43, verse 11. Um, This, I guess, yeah, there's different thoughts that brought me to this. We had the privilege of going to Colorado here a couple weeks ago. And just uh, being able to observe God's creation, the uh, the beauty of the mountains, and and just seeing how small we are in comparison to God's creation, His just the universe and, and everything. There's so many things we could talk about that. But God is a big God, and He is the I Am. And I guess just thinking about that, you know what. Do, do I really know who I'm serving? Is God, is He real in my life? And, yeah, do, do I know Him? <clears throat> and do I know how big He is? And also, do I know that He wants to have a relationship with me personally, this small, tiny person that I am? You know, even just going out west and being there with the with the mountains towering over us, you know, it's... You feel very small and, and insignificant. But yet we know that God, the one who made all those things, He wants to have a personal relationship with each one of us. And that, that's very hard to fathom. But yet we know it's real. And uh, I trust that that'll, uh, I guess, encourage us. And also yesterday morning we had in our... Uh, Devotions. we read a Bible story about Elijah. I think it was Elijah, yeah. Elijah, when he uh, gathered together the prophets of Baal, and he uh, showed them who truly is God, who truly is, yeah. They uh, did all their things, tried to show that Baal was God, and then that didn't work out. So then Elijah had that miracle happen there. <clears throat> And that was an amazing account again, just reading over that. That our God is alive, He's not dead. Um, many people worship idols of stone and wood, but our God is alive. He is real and He is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. 
and was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He is holy, righteous, and just. He is infinite, and there is no searching of his understanding. He is the one who created this whole world by the sound of his voice. He said it, and it was so. And we could go back into Genesis and the creation, and we could see all that. What, uh, how God said he spoke, and the world came into existence. Um, it's hard to imagine, but at one point there was all these things outside, all the things we see and appreciate, <clears throat> all the beauty. Out in Colorado, the, uh, the leaves were turning orange and different yellow and different colors and red and whatever. And it was just so amazing to see God's um, creation, you know, just His, uh, his um, imagination, I guess. He appreciates beautiful things, and at one point those things weren't here. It was just a, a barren earth. But God spoke all these things into existence. And if we imagine, you know, one of us trying to do that, it would just, you know, boggle our mind. But that is our God. <clears throat> he said it, and it was so. There's no searching of his understanding. Do I know him? Do you know him? And there's so much more to Christ and the Lord than just the creation. There's also the other aspect of salvation. And, uh, yeah, we can't even touch the service of who he is this morning, but I want to basically uh, look into the word here. In Isaiah especially, he's, Isaiah had a, had a uh, revelation of who God is, and we see it. Different, in different chapters. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to actually read three chapters in Isaiah. And I hope you all can uh, follow along with that. Um, I guess there's no better description of God Himself than what the Bible says. I know we can try, and <clears throat> but uh, God's Word is... That's who God is. And also just, I guess, as we think of this, um, you know, am I experiencing Jesus in a real way? Is He being real to me? And is my experience so real with Him that I am being an effective witness for Him? And that's really the only reason He left us here, was to be His witnesses. And we'll see some of that as we read <clears throat> through some of this. So I think we will start in Isaiah 43. I'm going to read... Uh, Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 21, and then we'll read chapters 44 and 45. And I guess just let God's Word minister to your heart. <clears throat> I'll uh, share a few thoughts here and there, but um, I'll just read through this. Starting in verse 1. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob... And he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and and Seba for thee, 
Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east, and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, Give up, and to the south, Keep not back. Bring my sons from far, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even every one that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes, and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together, and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this, and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses, that they may be justified, or let them hear and say, It is truth. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved and I have showed when there was no strange God among you, Therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I have sent to Babylon, and have brought down all their nobles, and the Chaldeans whose cries in the ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea, and a path in the mighty waters, which bringeth forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinct, they are quenched as tow. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert." Maybe I'll just back up there a little bit. Um, for the children, do you all remember the story of the, uh, of the Egyptians and the Israelites when they went through the Red Sea? I think you all probably remember that story and how their uh, chariot wheels came off and the big walls of water came back over and drowned their enemies. They drowned the Egyptians. And then I thought it was interesting how it says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Um, we think that was a, a miracle, you know, and it was a very great happening how God delivered the children of Israel through the Red Sea and brought them to the other side, and their enemies were all drowned in the sea. But then it says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. And I thought that was interesting how he wants to do something even greater than what, uh, even though that was a great thing. But, uh, you know, that is our God. He is, and we'll see some more of this later too. Um, yeah, he wants to do greater and better things even, you know, in our lives. <clears throat> says, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And then going on, verse 20, The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself, 
they shall show forth my praise. Let's skip over to uh, chapter 44, starting in verse 1. Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jesurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thine offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the water courses. One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob. And another shall subscribe with his hand unto the Lord, and surname himself by the name of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. And who, as I shall call, and shall declare it, and set it in order for me? Since I appointed the ancient people, and the things that are coming, and shall come, let them show unto them. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time, and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God, I know not any. They that make a graven image are all of them vanity, and their delectable things shall not profit, and they are their own witnesses. They see not, nor know, that they may be ashamed. Who hath formed a God, or molten a graven image, that is profitable for nothing? Behold, all his fellows shall be ashamed, and the workmen, they are of men. Let them all be gathered together, let them stand up, yet they shall fear, and they shall be ashamed together. The smith with the tongues both worketh in the coals, and fashioneth it with hammers, and worketh it with the strength of his arms. Yea, he is hungry, and his strength faileth, he drinketh no water, and is faint. The carpenter stretcheth out his rule, he marketh it out with a line, he fitteth it with planes, and he marketh it out with the compass, and maketh it after the figure of a man according to the beauty of a man, that it may remain in the house. He heweth him down cedars, and taketh the cypress and the oak, which he strengtheneth for himself among the trees of the forest. He planteth an ash, and the rain doth nourish it. Then shall it be for a man to burn, for he will take thereof, and warm himself. Yea, he kindleth it, and baketh bread. Yea, he maketh a god, and worshipeth it. He maketh it a graven image, and falleth down thereto. He burneth part thereof in the fire, with part thereof he eateth flesh, he roasteth roast, and is satisfied. Yea, he warmeth himself, and saith, Aha, I am warm, I have seen the fire. And the residue thereof he maketh the God, even his graven image. He falleth down unto it, and worshipeth it, and prayeth unto it, and saith, Deliver me, for thou art my God. They have not known, nor understood, for he hath shut their eyes that they cannot see, and their hearts that they cannot understand." And none considereth in his heart, neither is there knowledge, nor understanding to say, I have burned part of it in the fire. Yea, also I have baked bread upon the coals thereof. I have roasted flesh and eaten it, and shall I make the residue thereof an abomination? Shall I fall down to the stock of a tree? He feedeth on ashes. A deceived heart hath turned him aside, that he cannot deliver his soul, nor say, Is there not a lie in my right hand? Remember thee, O Jacob, and Israel, for thou art my servant. I have formed thee, thou art my servant, O Israel. Thou shalt not be forgotten of me. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins. 
Return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. Sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Shout, ye lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, ye mountains, O forest, and every tree therein. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself, that frustrateth the tokens of the liars, and maketh diviners mad, that turneth wise men backward, and maketh their knowledge foolish, that confirmeth the word of his servant, and performeth the counsel of his messengers, that saith to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be inhabited, and to the cities of Judah. Ye shall be built, and I will raise up the decayed places thereof. That saith to the deep, Be dry, and I will dry up the rivers. That saith of Cyrus, He is my shepherd, and shall perform all my pleasure, even saying to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be built, and to the temple thy foundation shall be laid. I thought it was just going back up to verse 25. Um where it talks about he turneth wise men backward and maketh their knowledge foolish. I wasn't quite sure what, what that all meant. Maybe someone has not a thought on that. But I guess just thinking of it now, I wonder, uh, you know, God, he is God and he is jealous of his, of his name. You know, he's sovereign. And even the wise men of this world, God can turn their their uh, their knowledge into foolishness. And that's, uh, I guess, just the thought of that God, he is, he is the one who has all the wisdom. We can think we are wise sometimes, but we need to realize that even if we have all the knowledge, God has way more than we do, and he can make that look foolish in comparison to him. Why don't we go ahead and read verse chapter 45 yet. <clears throat> Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him. And I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I... The Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. For Jacob my servant's sake, and Israel mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. That they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Drop down, ye heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, and let them bring forth salvation, and let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe unto him that striveth with his Maker. Let the potsherds strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him that fashioned it, What makest thou, or thy work? He hath no hands. Woe unto him that saith unto his father, What begettest thou? Or to the woman, What hast thou brought forth? Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and his Maker, Ask me of things to come concerning my sons, and concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. 
I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens, and all their hosts have I commanded. I have raised him up in righteousness, and I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city, and he shall let go my captives, not for price nor reward, saith the Lord of hosts. Thus saith the Lord, the labor of Egypt and merchandise of Ethiopia and of the Sabaeans, men of stature, shall come over unto thee, and they shall be thine. They shall come after thee, and chains they shall come over, and they shall fall down unto thee. They shall make supplication unto thee, saying, Surely God is in thee, and there is none else. There is no God. Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. They shall be ashamed and also confounded, all of them. They shall go to confusion together that are makers of idols. But Israel shall be saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation. Ye shall not be ashamed nor confounded, world without end. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it, he created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, Seek ye me in vain? I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together. Ye that are escaped of the nations, they have no knowledge. They have no knowledge that set up the wood of their graven image. And pray unto a God that cannot save. Tell ye, and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by myself the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness, and shall not return that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Surely shall one say, In the Lord have I righteousness and strength, even to him shall men come, and all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. In the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified and shall glory. Well, hopefully you were blessed with these different accounts here. Um, It's amazing to me all the different times he says well yeah I am the Lord and there is none else there is no God beside me it's mentioned numerous times throughout these three different chapters and even if we could we could keep going on I think even further 49 and 48 also brings that out <clears throat> how we see that God is jealous for His name. Um, and I don't know what that does for you as you think about that. He is God. Besides Him, there is no Savior. Um, yeah, what, I guess how does that make you feel? I know for me as I read over that, obviously it makes us feel small and insignificant compared to Him. But he also, he is jealous of his name. He is jealous of his testimony. And I guess, how, how, are, we, how are we furthering his, his name? Are we, are we showing the world who Jesus really is? That he's the one that created all these things. 
And even, you know, we could go into how he led the children of Israel through the wilderness. There's many different miracles that happened through the Old Testament. And just seeing how God was jealous for his name, for his people. And he did bring them forth through, through many different obstacles. And even some of that was laid out here. How uh, they sinned greatly before God. But yet he still said that they're his people and he wants to save them. And we can be thankful for that. You know, sometimes we, I know, you know, we're human and we, we fail and we, uh, we sin. But God is still, he's still uh, jealous of his name and he wants to, uh, there is forgiveness with him. And, you know, when we do fail... I was thinking of reading that account of Elijah, and I hope I don't, I hope you all can stay with me, I feel like I have a lot of scriptures I'm reading here, but um, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 18. I guess if there was one phrase... We all take home today, that would be just the thought, I am the Lord. And we think of that in light of our in light of God. <clears throat> I am the Lord. That that phrase just has been going through my mind the last couple of days. First Kings chapter eighteen. Maybe we'll just uh, maybe we'll read quite this whole account. I'm sure it's very familiar to us. Verse 21 it says, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. And then they go into uh, the prophets of Baal. They called on their gods and they they laid the wood out and the the bullocks, and they, uh, their gods weren't answering, so they started cutting themselves with knives and different things, and, and their God still wasn't answering. So then in verse 30 it says, And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And I thought that was interesting how he said, Come near unto me. You know, Come close, I, I have the answer for you. you know, hear what I have to say. Come near unto me, and all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. We'll just read down here to verse 39. <clears throat> and Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood. And he said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, Do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran around about the altar, and he filled the trench also with the water. You can imagine 
this wood is saturated with water. And wood that is wet does not burn well at all, or it won't even burn. So, as we see here, we'll keep reading. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. It's an amazing account of how God showed himself strong there, showed those prophets of Baal that he was God. Baal was dead. But our God, he is alive. I have a few verses here I'm I'm just going to read over. In relation to uh, I am the Lord. Isaiah forty twenty two. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. Isaiah forty two five. Thus saith God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it. He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. Isaiah 48:13. Mine hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand hath spanned the heavens. When I call unto them, they stand up together. Isaiah 51:13. And forgettest the Lord thy Maker that hath stretched forth the heavens, and laid the foundations of the earth? And has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor, as if he were ready to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? Job 9 8. Which alone spreadeth out the heavens and treadeth upon the waves of the sea. Job 26 7. He stretcheth out the north over the empty place and hangeth the earth upon nothing. The earth, I think, is. 24,000 miles circumference. Anybody know? Something like that, 24. If you think about that, how he hangs the earth upon nothing, 24,000 miles and just, he hangs it there. It's amazing. Jeremiah 51, verse 15. He hath made the earth by his power. He hath established the world by his wisdom and hath stretched out the heaven by his understanding. We read about, there was, let's see here in verse, uh, well, a couple of those chapters we read about how God's, about God stretching out the heavens. And I found this one interesting thought about that. It says, for years many scientists saw the universe as being infinite and eternal. If the universe has no beginning or end, then there is nothing for a God to create. And that view fit perfectly with the beliefs of the atheistic scientist. 
However, in the early 20th century, astronomer Edwin Hubble, the one that made the Hubble telescope, found that galaxies are moving away from each other. So the universe is expanding. His theory became known as Hubble's Law, or the Law of the Expanding Universe. The galaxy's movement away from each other suggests that they were once closer together. The implications of Hubble's discovery were unsettling to many scientists. If the universe is currently expanding, then at some time in the distant past, the universe had a beginning. I thought that was interesting. For some reason, a lot of scientists don't want to admit that there was a beginning to this universe. The prophets of the Bible knew that God had stretched out the heavens. And we read different verses that, that uh, brought that out. A description that bears an uncanny similarity to the theory of an expanding universe. What was often considered a metaphorical poetic expression turns out to be more literal than ever thought, according to modern science. The word of God inspired by God continues to amaze. <clears throat> so even scientists would admit that the universe is infinite. And the opposite of infinite is finite, which would be something that has a boundary. And they have never been able to find the end of the universe. And I think the, uh, I just checked to see what they think the size of the universe is. And so far, what they've been able to measure is 93 billion light years. And a light year is 6 trillion miles. So if you go 93 billion times 6 trillion, that's an astronomical number. How do you say that word? A big number. <laughs> Amazing number. So, and then to think that the universe is still expanding, you know, that's, that's an amazing thought. You know, man is never going to be able to find, figure out how big God is. It's so big. And even his universe that he has created. <clears throat> so I guess just thinking of all that, um, we read a few different verses here that talked about being God's witnesses. In chapter 43, verse 10. It says, I'll just read it again. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Then in verse 12, I have declared and have saved and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. I guess when thinking about that, that puts a, uh, I'm not sure how to explain it. As we think of God, you know, how we just described him and how he is desiring for us to show the world that he is God. That is, that is an amazing, uh, I guess, charge to us as Christians. That is our job, is to show the world that He is God. And the dictionary defines the word witness this way, one who has seen or heard something, and one who furnishes evidence. A witness is someone who can say, I know this is true. Just a little uh, interesting quote here I found. Every salesperson knows you can't sell what you don't believe in. 
People can tell a mile away if you are just reading from a manual or rehearsing a memorized presentation. The best salespeople are those who believe in what they are selling to the point that they are not selling anything. They are simply talking about what they know to be true. And I, I was amazed at that, and I know that's true. That makes a big difference. The salesman believes in what he's selling. <clears throat> he's not just going off of the books, you know, and trying to make a selling point. But if we relate that to uh, being witnesses here on this earth, being um, showing the world and uh, that God is God, the only way we can really be an effective witness is if we have experienced God in our lives. You know, we can, a lot of us have grown up in Christian homes, we can hear God's word being preached like I, I think I've went to maybe 12 Bible schools, you know, and I heard many messages. <laughs> and we, we know we've heard everything, probably, but yet it has to be real in our lives. It needs to, uh, yeah, that's the only way that we can be an effective witness. If you haven't experienced Jesus, you can't witness for Him. You can try, but it's going to come off sounding canned. What a difference it makes when you share from the depths of your soul what Jesus means to you. This is the best kind of witnessing. <clears throat> also, a definition for witness, one of the definitions, is mat matures, from which we get the word uh, martyr. And it means being loyal to Jesus no matter the cost and speaking up for him even when others oppose you. So there is also a, a cost with being a witness for Christ. I trust we can be encouraged to be loyal to him no matter the cost. And you know, <clears throat> I know the thing of, of witnessing is, is always a little bit uh, fearful maybe and even for myself, I know I failed a lot in, in witnessing. But I think if we, uh, if we truly are experiencing the Lord, there should be a witness that's coming out of our lives to the people around us. And it's not like we have to uh, be talking to people all the time, you know, and, you know, and it's God's Spirit wants to work through us. And, you know, we can try to think of what we're going to say and how we're going to say the right words. And, and like we read earlier, if we have experienced Christ, we don't have to try to come up with some pers persuasive um, comments or words to people to try to persuade them that, that God is real because He is being real in our lives. And there should be you know, just an, an overflow coming out of our hearts. And I, I believe, too, if we uh, take the challenge why His Spirit will help us, you know, it's, we're, we're not the ones that are saving people. It's, it's God that you know, saves people, and, and we can just be His uh, witnesses for Him and showing others what He has done for us. And for you ladies, you know, I know, I know it's maybe difficult sometimes to talk to people and now, I don't necessarily think you have to be talking to people all the time, but even just your life being, uh, you know, when you go out in the world, that your life would exemplify Christ. 
I know people notice that. And it will draw them to ask questions and to find out who, who we're serving. I'd like to finish with a verse here in Revelations, chapter 21. Or 22, sorry. Chapter 22, verse 12. says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. That is the God that we serve. Besides Him, there is no Savior. So I trust that was an encouragement to, to know God, to know Him in a more real way. As we look at creation or maybe even go out at night and see the stars. There was one other thing I thought of in my reading yesterday. I was, I should have wrote this down, but somewhere in the Bible it, it, rela- it kind of alludes to the fact that heaven, how does it say, uh, something about the stars and the sun and moon will always be basically be there through eternity. And I'm not sure if... I was just thinking, I guess, if that's so, why... Basically, when we're in heaven, the, the moon and the stars and the sun will still be there giving light, I guess. I'm not sure exactly where all the... Uh, where the verses are to back that up. I just kind of glimpsed over an article about that. So... Uh, just yeah, when we go out at night and see the the universe and the stars and the, you know the Milky Way and just see how big God is, you know, it's, we can't even begin to see very far with our own eyes. But there's so much that God has made, and and uh, there is no searching of His understanding. He knows so much, and He and uh, may it make a difference in our lives. <clears throat> and God bless you.